Welcome back to the Combat Corner on Hotbox Heroes, here with the Hotbox Heroes. So, let's jump into it. This week, we got a UFC uh, event. We got a middleweight title on the line. And let's hop into it. First, we're going to start with the early prelims. Oh, yeah. So, we got uh, Malcolm Gordon fighting Jimmy Flick at 125 to start out the night. All right. So, what I had for the... Okay, this fight, I don't think anybody should bet on this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good analysis. This could either go either way in who, like, whichever fighter decides to win is going to win. Um, My analysis for this is I really don't know what Jimmy Flick is going to go do. Is he going to try to take it to the ground? I feel like that's where he has his better chance. Because um, I, like... Is Malcolm Gordon going to try to wrestle him? I don't think he should. I think he should try to keep this a, a stand-up battle. But what scares me is Malcolm's chin is kind of fragile as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really don't see a lasting three rounds. I think it's going to finish before that. But it was very hard to pick a, a athlete who's going to win this for me personally. That's why I say don't bet on it. But if I am going to pick somebody, I might just go, like, my heart is saying Flick, so I'm going to go with Flick. Okay. Yeah, I went Flick as well, and I, I got the same analysis as you. Like, um, they're not, like, exact replicas of each other, but they are very similar fighters in that they like to um, get into the wrestling. And yeah. they both kind of, they've both been on the on the end of some bad losses as of late. Some hard KOs. So um, they're pretty much one on one, like like they're looking in the mirror kind of thing. So um, when you look at it, though, I think Jimmy Flick might have. Maybe it's just because Jimmy Flick has been here for a short amount of time, but we've seen more success from Jimmy Flick recently. Whereas Malcolm Gordon, I when I see him on the card, I just kind of assume it's gonna go bad for him for a while now. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's the reason I picked Jimmy Flick. But like you said, it's a bad, it's a bad fight to really bet on. And honestly, most of the card is not. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with a lot. Of these bets, you know? Dude, this is why I hit you up prior, bro. Like, uh, it's, it's some very uh, contemplating decisions here. Oh, you was talking about this card? Okay. Yeah, that, that, that. this is card. I don't, I don't like. I thought you were talking about three hundred. Okay. Nah, nah, three hundred. I think we both unanimously both concur on some people there. Um, yeah. But okay, uh, we got another early prelim. It's a woman's bout this time. Oh yeah, we got uh, Jasmine Jasuda Vicious versus Priscilla Cacuera. All right, I put Jasmine. Just, just, I don't know how to say the last name. I'm not even gonna try. Yeah. Okay. Um, by method, I would say maybe KO and clinch. Oh, okay. I would have said uh, probably submission or or decision. Okay. I also see a submission in in the bag for her as well, but I know well, she likes well, to get a nice little clinch in. So. I think the the the. The the way to victory for her, for, for like the best opportunity for her to win is just to take her down, take Priscilla down, try and um, try and hold back her 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 forward momentum because Priscilla Cachuera she don't got a lot of skill but she has a lot of heart, yeah, um, and she has a crazy chin. She's just a zombie walking, you know, and um, honestly, the only way she could get this done is most likely by finish on the feet. So. I know Jasmine likes to operate in the clinch, but it's more kind of just to get her takedowns anyways. So get in that clinch, um, get the hands up, take her down, and ride her out or try to submit. But, um, yeah, Jasmine, I'll I'll, I'll give her the edge because I think she just has more of a wrestling pedigree, and if she could get her down, she could hold her down for three rounds. I agree. A unanimous decision right there. Mm -hmm. Who else? All right, now we got the last early prelims fight. We got Johan Laness versus Sam Patterson at welterweight. Bro, this one too is kind of shaky on who's going to win. I'm going to be honest here. You know, I know Johan, he gasses out, bro. True. If it's, if it's the third round, he's he, I have faith in him being gassed out there. Um, 
Patterson, he he's a good contender. I'm not gonna take it away from him. Um Okay, I guess what I would say is I'll put on Patterson, but Johan does have the potential to finish him before the third round. I would yeah. say that. It's scary to put my um eggs in the basket of somebody that has like known stamina issues, but I think I'm gonna go there this for this fight. Okay. Sam Patterson, his last his that knockout at lightweight mm-hmm. was just it was just and bad, he, bro. And he's moving up, right? This is the uh, this is a, yeah. This is our welterweight. And yeah, like, thing. how do you even do that? Like, you got smoked in lightweight. Now you're no. going to go up. And, you know, all your advantages at lightweight, you know, the length, maybe some reach, maybe even cardio. But going up welterweight, you're losing that advantage. I mean, he's still 6'3 is still pretty tall at, um, at welterweight. And he still has the reach advantage. But the thing is, like, maybe, maybe he was draining himself. Maybe that's why he got finished like that. But yeah. I just can't trust somebody that um, – got put away like that, especially the guy that he was fighting. It looked like that dude was like 5'8", maybe. He looked a lot smaller than him, and he, yeah. he still managed to get in range and just throw. He threw through the guard, too. It wasn't even like Sam Patterson had his hands all the way down or anything. like. Um, so Sam Patterson's defense is just – he's just the, the case of one of those tall guys that I feel like don't know how to use their range too well. Okay. And Johan Lennes, even though he gasses out, those strikes are powerful. He throws some medium to heavy strikes uh, at all times. And he's a pretty big guy, too. So I think he'll be able to get through there in his natural weight class and, and probably put Sam Patterson away because that chin just looked a little um, troublesome. Okay, okay. So you see this finishing? You see this being a KO for him? Or you see yeah. this as a decision? Yeah, I think, I think it's a finish. Okay. If it doesn't go to a finish, the third round is going to be super sloppy. But I think Lynette will probably drop him a couple times, which will guarantee him, like, the first two rounds. If it goes to the decision, maybe Sam Patterson can come back in the third. But I really see Lynette probably put him away early. Yeah. I, this this fight, it, it could go either way, but I, I do lean to Like a lot statements. of fights. Like a lot of fights on this card. Like, I don't know, bro. This is a crazy card. This is... This is not. This is kind of going to be a slept on card, but either way, like a lot of these fights will go either way, like a hundred percent. Okay, so now we made it to the prelim card. Now, uh, first fight, we got a woman's strawweight battle here. Yeah, we got uh, Jillian Robertson coming back against uh, Pollyanna Viana. Well, they both lost to Tabitha Ritchie, so that was like <laughs> my my median to go off of, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. So Viviana, she she likes more of the ground game. Uh, but Robertson, I think she's more like controlling in the ring. You know, mm-hmm. like she. I think this is gonna be where I think this is gonna be a decision. I don't think this is gonna be a KO or submission. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just gonna be Robertson basically riding it out with more control time for every round. Yeah, that's a good assessment. I think I I I, I would have to agree because um, Pollyanna does like the ground, so she's not going to be like absolutely dominated on the on the ground. But uh, Jillian Robertson, her whole game plan is to submit you, you know, and she she's been in the UFC for a long time, a long time vet. So I think she's she'll just out vet her. She'll win certain positions, just be in the right place at the right time, and just yeah. ride out rounds, win rounds, and like sure. like you said, I think it, it'll probably be a decision. Yeah, uh, like I could be proven wrong, you know, uh, but uh, I, I still think this is going to be a decision and she's just going to, you know, basically have the point system on all of control time because she's strong. I'm not saying she's not strong. Um, yeah, this is but, yeah. yeah, just a low level kind of fight with um, with a known name versus a, a newcomer kind of thing. And I think I'll go with the known name for this one. OK, I like that. Yeah, so on to the next one. We got um, Sergei Sede at uh, 135 against Ramon Severus. And this, this is a rematch. Is the, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is a, a contender series rematch here. All right. You want to go first this time or should, should I? I'll go. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, uh, definitely an early stoppage. Whatever. I definitely think it was an early stoppage there in um, their contender series fight. 
Um, and what I would say is Ramon Tavares was kind of working his game plan up until that point. Yeah, so he was getting Serhi on the back foot, and he was starting to land through the guard. Um, and I think just looking at Ramon Tavares, he's he's a pretty wild guy. And I think maybe this being his contender series fight, like the chance, the opportunity to fight there, he might have been a little bit more hesitant. Whereas I think now he knows he could get in that range, and he'll probably throw with more, um, with more ferocity. Okay. And hopefully with more defense, so he doesn't get dropped like last time. But he was, I go, mean, he did get dropped, but like it wasn't like he got unconscious, you know. Yeah, he he had a he had a possibility to get back up. So. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of riding on that because I feel like today landed a great counter, but up until that point, Ramon Tavares was really getting in there, into the range, and doing what he wanted to do. So um, I'm gonna go with Tavares in this one. I think he might be able to uh, get back that loss in his in his eyes, like un, unwarranted loss. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Ramon. I'm going Ramon as well. Uh, with your analysis as well, it was great. My only thing is. With this being the rematch, how is he coming? Because he could start pressuring a series legs. You know, if he, you know, changes a little calf attack, a little uh, thigh attacks right there, and then he could easily start out pressuring Siri. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's what I'll probably be looking for while watching the fight is if he's attacking the legs. Because we already know if Ramon wants to get in the pressure, get get in the or close the distance, this man might just turn into a brawl. Yeah. But even in the brawl, I think Ramon is winning the exchanges, for sure. Yeah, and we might look stupid, just like every other fight on this card, but um, <laughs> I'm probably going to, yeah, yeah we, we're both going to Varus, yeah. All right, um, now to the next one, uh, Featherweight Bout. Uh, yeah, this Charles one's a banger. Jordan. This is a banger. We got Charles Jordan versus Sean Woodson. And it's crazy because uh, I hit you up about Charles Jordan. I even know something was coming out. Yeah, and we both have said like some some good things about both these fighters. Um, and it's kind of I just yeah, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a slobber knocker. I'm excited for this one. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh. So okay, this is gonna be a test for both fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of don't want to see both fighters lose here or any one of them lose, but uh. That's going to have to be the case. I'm going to go with Charles. Mm-hmm. You know, he's well-rounded. Got a, he got a good ground game. Definitely room for improvement there. Um, Now, Shaw Woodson, bro, he got a big build for this featherweight division. He That's got a strange build. He got power. Um, So, you know, it's going to be a very interesting fight to see play out. Because this, it could be a slobber knocker. A bloodbath, but this could also be a a very strategistic fight as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean Watson's coming in with that with the boxing pedigree. Um, used to be a professional boxer, um, fighting at a way higher weight. Uh, he's he's been piecing people up left and right. Um, and as of his last fight, we've seen that he actually added added a ground game to his fight too. He, yeah. he managed to um, work it in to win his last fight. <clears throat> But uh, when we're facing, when you're facing across from Charles Jordan, like, I don't think you're going to be able to use the wrestling to the extent that you used it in your last fight. So that's negated. And then Jordan, he has a ground game of his own, mm-hmm. um, a more offensive ground game, I would say, too, like submission based. Like, he's trying to get a finish. Yeah. And um, on top of that, Charles Jordan is probably the highest level competition Sean Woodson's fought yet. And this is Sean Woodson's kind of first test uh, compared to Charles Jordan. He's already had plenty of tests past him. If he didn't pass him, usually it's a split decision, you know. So I think, and Charles Jordan has been fighting with a lot more uh, patience to him. He's definitely going to be need patient this this fight for sure. Yeah, can't rush. He's been a lot more patience, a lot more well thought out game plans, and and I gotta respect that, and and, uh, I appreciate the 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 improvements in his game as well. So I think he's gonna he's 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 gonna be smart, strategic, but he's also gonna be able to apply the pressure. Where I think Sean Woodson cuts a lot of weight. For this um, weight class, and I've seen him get dropped now a couple times. Well, not a couple times specifically against that. Um, what was that dude's name? It's a Spanish guy. Something with an S. When he right got now. dropped, he got dropped by this dude, and um, the guy basically started celebrating like he one shot KO'd him and Saldana? allowed him to get back. 
Saldana, yeah. Basically allowed Sean Woodson to get back in the fight. And um, I think Charles Jordan probably hits harder. Mm, you think he's harder? More effectively. Huh? I don't know. I think Sean might be hitting harder, but I think Charles might, like, Charles. No, 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 no. Okay. I said Saldana. I thought I said Charles Jordan probably hits harder than Saldana. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. Saldana already dropped Sean Woodson, could have beat him. Um, so I think Charles Jordan, even if he doesn't hit as hard, I think he's more accurate, so he'll hit him with more close to that level of strike and uh, win this fight. I think he'll win this fight. Yeah, yeah I got Charles I got, Jordan. I got well. him winning as well. This this is probably a decision though. I don't know if this is my. You think this is a KO? It could be. It could, yeah. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I really don't right. know. I respect it. I respect Too it. Too high level be a good fight. here. Yeah, I don't know, bro. It's gonna be a crazy fight, though. All right. So now on to the next. Who we got here? We got Brad Katona versus Garrett Armfield at one thirty-five. Now we covered a fight with Brad like maybe twice already. I think. Yeah, he, uh, I think one. I mean, he's been in the UFC before, but I don't think we covered his fight before that. Mm. Um, we definitely covered one, and, and we definitely watched his tough take. So maybe yeah. that's. What's... And then uh, Garrett Armfield, we might have seen him. We have we seen him twice. I know we've seen him once. I feel like the, ta- the tattoo looks familiar, but I could be getting a bias from another fighter that has a similar tattoo. No, 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 I remember us talking about Garrett Armfield, but I don't remember if we've seen him fight twice already or. Either way, um, both guys have been impressive. Both this fights. might be a slobber knocker, bro. This might be a bloodbath. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, for real. Like heavy um, on the blood. And both guys kind of remind me, their styles remind me of, what's his name? Uh, that orc that killed Bryce Mitchell, that guy. What's his name? Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett. They both kind of remind me of Josh Emmett. They're just slinging in the pocket, throwing crazy hooks. up. Crazy place. cardio. Crazy um, cardio. Yeah. But when I look at the, when I look at both fighters, um, I think Brad Katona throws with more volume, and he could get hit more. We haven't seen. I mean, we've seen Greg Armfield in a, a fight with Onama. Onama's a powerful guy, but his last fight, he kind of had a guy that was backing up away from him the whole time. Yeah, Brad's Brad Katona. Brad Katona is not backing up. He's taking your shots and giving them back. So, um, just for that reason. Since I just have I haven't seen enough of Garen Armfield to know what he would do in that situation, whereas Brad Katona, every single one of his fights is basically that. So I think he'll have more experience in what this fight is about to become. So I'm gonna go Brad Katona on this one. Nice, uh, same. I'm a, since we've seen his last fight and tough. I've been a fan. Um, you know, I, is there room for improvement with Brad? I guess the only improvement would to, would be to see him get hit less. Yeah, for sure. Maybe a little more patience, but his style is more, you know, uh, movement and pressure heavy. And I don't even see this going to the ground, to be honest. They both like to strike. So this is mm-hmm. probably just going to be a stand-up war. Um, it's either a, a win by fatality or, like, win by decision. That's the only way, two ways I see this going. Yeah. I think this is a great test for Garrett Armfield to see what he's about to. Uh, Katona would kind of see everything that he's going to be. But who knows? Maybe he shows us something new, you know? That's a fact. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a good fight. There's some good fights in this, and, and it could go either way, honestly. They're the fucking same style. Who knows? So, yeah. All right, now what can, to the what else main can I say? event card. Yeah, we got um, Arnold Allen versus Movzar Evloev at 145 to start the main card. All right, listen, bro. Here, I'm going to have to talk to you, bro. Go ahead, bro. All right, so we've seen Arnold Allen. I know, I know, I know. Holloway defeated him, yes. But that's Holloway. I can't I can't say that's not Holloway, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than the Holloway fight, Arnold Allen is pretty well-rounded. Uh, good stand-up, good ground defense. You know, he, he has it there. But I've been hearing some hype against Mosvar Evoliv. Mm-hmm. But it's it's how is Mosvar going to win against Allen? Is he going to outstrike him? I don't think so. It, maybe more movement, maybe. But this might be a situation where, like, 
Evlog is 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 good at finding like the best advantageous position, you know. Mm-hmm. So would this just be where Evlog kind of rides out the matches and tries to end with the better positions? Because other than that, do you really see Evlog standing with Allen for three rounds? I think Evlog does have an underappreciated striking style because of the way okay. he likes to grapple. But it is more of a, a straight kind of European boxing style where um, it's a lot of straight shots, one twos, you know, um, switching stances off the two. But it's you know his whole game is to get to that fucking uh, to the legs. Yeah. And Arnold Allen has shown some very good takedown defense in the past. And like you said, bro, uh, Max Holloway is a different beast. A lot yeah. of these guys at featherweight can't figure out uh, Max Holloway because that pure constant volume. And Arnold Allen wasn't trying to take him down, wasn't trying to... Arnold Allen kind of played into his game like every other featherweight. It is what Heavy. it is. You know, it is what it is. You can't, you can't blame him. That's what every other featherweight does as well. Only the best featherweights have been able to beat um, Max Holloway. So, yeah. so um, in that case, I would say Arnold Allen in the pocket is a lot more dangerous than Mozart. But it's just like, how long is he willing to stay in there before Mozart tries to go for a legs? Mm. Okay. But Arnold Allen is a big guy for the division. You could tell he cuts a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, pretty strong, disciplined guy. You see, he's always working. He's training out there with GSP and them. Um, so I think he'll be ready for the wrestling. And in the pocket, Arnold Allen, his hands are quick, bro. He, quick and powerful. You could tell that shit hurts when, <laughs> yeah. he, when he drops those couple, um, couple hooks, like three, four hooks in a second. You know, in a couple of seconds, he just be dropping those hooks. And where does Evlov have to be to try and take him down in the pocket? So um, it, it's all dependent on Allen. You know, Allen has to – Evlov is going to do his game. He's going to do what he does. He's 17 and 0 for a reason, you know? Yeah. But um, if Arnold Allen is willing to move off the back foot, be throw a little bit more volume, that's, his, that's a big problem of his. Throw with a little bit more volume and um, – be careful about the shots. I think he has a chance here. And just for shits and giggles, I'm going to go with him. Because I don't think I've seen Evloev in enough trouble. And um, I just don't like hype trains sometimes. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. It was very hard for me to make a pick here. I'm still kind of undecided, to be honest with you. Because, uh, like, you know, the last fight, I kind of let the hype get to me. And I don't know if the hype, I don't want the hype to get to me, you know? Mm-hmm. 17 and 0, I can't discriminate against that. But Allen is definitely a test. Um, I'm going to go Allen too. Not saying Evlov doesn't have a chance. I could see this going either way. Just as you said, it's is Allen going to fight his game plan or is he going to fall into Evlov's? Yeah, I'm pretty I sure Evlov is probably a favorite here, right? Am I, am I wrong? Might be. I haven't checked the odds yet, boy. I would, I would assume he's a favorite. Um... But I don't know. Arnold Allen is kind of the next generation of fighter that I really like watching. And I'm just hoping the best for him. And I think he's got what it takes. When we look at um, Evelope's last fight where he had trouble was against, what's his name, Diego Lopes. And yeah. Lopes was, I think he was fighting down at 145. Or did Mossberg, is he at 140? Oh, yeah, he is at 145. But he doesn't look like it. That's why I'm confused. Mm. He's really big for 145, just like yeah, Allen. Yeah, he's built. He's big for... 45, and I think Arnold Allen probably has a higher fight IQ than Lopes, and I think he'd be able to fight Evlev off of him and not get into disadvantages positions, uh, disadvantage positions, like Lopes did to lose that fight. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, like, is Evlev really just going to try to try to you know ride out the matches and get those advantageous positions? Either but way, it's it's hard. It's going to be hard against Allen. Uh, either way, we're going to see a very high up, uh, high upcoming uh, contender coming up after this fight. Whoever wins this, they're probably, if not one fight away, guaranteed a title shot after this. I think. Yeah, for sure. Because who else is there now that Max Holloway's fighting at lightweight? Like, I feel like he's really um opened up featherweight for all these contenders now. Because you could just you could cruise by without having to fight Max Holloway. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. I I also agree. Allen for the win. It's it's kind of scary, but Allen for the win. Yeah. So next fight on the card, we got uh, Chris Curtis coming in against Mark Andre Barrio at uh, middleweight. Who do you got here, bro? I need to hear your your breakdown here. 
So my notes I had were, we know Chris Curtis. He has a good boxing style. He fights more so for fun than strategy and position. Um, I see this going Curtis's way, to be honest. But my question is, what is Mark Andre's game plan here? Because is is Andre going to be willing to stand and bang with Curtis? Because if it's a standing bang situation, I think Curtis may be able to outbox him. I don't think there's any may about it. Chris Curtis is absolutely the better boxer, I think. Yeah. But um, Mike Andre Barrio, that's not how he wins fights. That's not how he wins fights, you know? Is he, Mark he doesn't Andre win fights by striking. What? And is Mark Andre going to do the takedown? And if he does, is Curtis going to be able to negate that? I don't think it's about him getting the takedown as much as him being in the clinch position. That's what he loves, you know? And he doesn't care. I think I, he's one of those fighters that isn't hell-bent on getting the takedown. So what we see with him a lot is clinching up on the fence and getting guys tired with his weight. So he'll just kind of lean on you, get you tired, and that's when he'll start throwing sloppy combos in the in the pocket, some dirty boxing, you know? And then maybe he'll try and shoot again, and he'll just keep going and going and going. He has crazy stamina, you know? I think it's going to um, be a dogfight regardless. Yeah, but my, my fear is I wanted to go Chris Curtis to begin with. This is why I wanted your analysis. I want to go Chris Curtis to begin, but um, I'm still rooting for him. But Mark andre Barriou, he just always breaks guys. And I'm not saying Chris Curtis is the guy to get broken, but his style is just its so frustrating to watch sometimes because it's beautiful. He has beautiful hands, great countering. But I'd love if he just got a little bit more aggressive. Mm, I, wish he interesting. Would, I wish he would pressure fighters just a little bit more because if he, like some of these losses that he has, like the um, Jack Hermanson loss. Jack Hermanson completely changed his style, yeah. but he was just running from him the whole fight. And the thing is, Chris Curtis wants you to come to him so he could counter-strike. Exactly. But when you have those hands in the pocket, bro, I would love to see you be the aggressor and use that pocket striking. And then his, his fight against um, Calvin Gastelum. Like, Gastelum, especially at middleweight, has not been himself, you know, for a long time. Or maybe that's who he's always been. But to lose to him, I just don't think that's a good look when you're trying to be a top guy at middleweight. Especially when Calvin Gaston loves to win rounds by clinching you up on the fence. And who's, I don't think there's, he, one of the best guys in the division to do that is Barry Oak. So yeah. it's, kind of frust- it's kind of frustrating. It all depends on Chris Curtis. If he comes out more aggressive, in my opinion. And okay. from what I've seen, he hasn't really flipped that switch to be more aggressive yet. If he does that, I, I would, I, if I've seen some of that, I would absolutely give him the, the I would give him the pick. But I think I'm going to go with Barry Oak. I think mm-hmm. I might go him because I think the styles just clash. Like, one guy's going to be waiting for him to come in, and that just gives him the opportunity to get him to the fence. You know, I've been seeing in the UFC embedded and stuff like that that Curtis is telling uh, Andre basically to, to make it a slobber knocker and make it a fun fight. Um, and that is what kind of got me a little worried because why are you telling your opponent to really make it a fun fight? Yeah, because then now you're giving him the, the, the blueprint. Like, I'm just going to not make this a, win, a fun fight, and I'm going to win. You know what I'm saying? The Jack Hermanson method, like, just <laughs> – I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Jack Hermanson, I think that, that that style should be instituted by a lot of guys, a lot of these um, grapplers that aren't too good at the wrestling too much. I think his style is perfect for them, and it would be a problem for guys if they had to deal with it all on a regular basis. So I'm not trying to come for him, but Chris Curtis didn't know how to deal with that. You know, and it really frustrated him towards the end of the fight. He was just, like, tight, and he kind of gave up. Yeah. He just gave up trying to chase him, and he was pissed off, but that doesn't win you the fight. And um, I don't think Barry is going to do that, but I don't think Barry is going to change his style for you. I think he's going to do what he does. He's going to try not to get hit on the way into the pocket and then just clinch you up. So, I don't know. You know, again, another another bout that's very teeter-tot here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you still got Curtis undecided. though, right? I, was, I don't even have anybody on it from my notes because, you know, Chris Curtis, you know, he's a fun fighter. But after I'm hearing and seeing that he's calling him out, and we already know Curtis doesn't like walk down people. 
And as you said, Mark Andre, he he doesn't mind doing a little walk down or having you come to him. So, ah oh man, so I was watching this Sean Strickland podcast with um Chris Curtis as well, and he was saying um I, the one I that just Chris, dropped. Yeah, I I seen Chris Curtis um got off social media and all that. Yeah, so same, same. Maybe that signifies a a change in mentality for him. Maybe he'll come know. out more aggressive. Maybe Sean Strickland winning the belt gives him some hope. Like, yo, if I really put the pedal to the metal, I put put some gas on the fire. You know, I could, I could. Because uh, I'm gonna be honest, something. if he, if Sean and if Chris Curtis really gets after it, I, I could see him really winning this fight for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, if I'm talking about technique, I would absolutely give it to Chris Curtis. I think he has the obvious edge. But, but I don't. I just don't know about. what his head, his mental is at right now. I'll be very honest. That's mm-hmm. what's really making me very shaky on this. Is is this going to be a Chris Curtis who's going to win, or is this a Chris Curtis that just wants to pop in the ring? Yeah, and for that reason, I'm gonna just go bear you. I'm okay. hoping Chris Curtis can pull it out. I hope that he changes some things, and and we can see a new, new evolution of him. But I'm gonna go bear you this one. Wishing Chris Curtis all the best. All right. I'll, I'll go the other way. I'm going to go Chris Curtis. All right. Uh, hopefully, he gets it done. But, again, I would, I don't advise really too much betting on this card. Absolutely. Um. So, you feel me? This is this is a card where you don't got to bet every card. All right? You don't. You just enjoy the fights. But, okay. Yeah. Who we got next? Uh, we have Neil Magny uh, versus Mike Malott at Welterweight. Jesus, bro. This this was another one for me, bro. So I'm gonna go Malat. Okay, uh, okay, okay. I'm gonna okay. just put it out. I'm gonna go Malat. I'm going Malat too. But what is what are your thoughts? I guess now for both fighters, Neil Magny. I'm pretty sure his last fight we we saw him. He was the one that scooted all the way over the the ring, right? Yeah, Ian Gary destroyed him. Yeah, after seeing that, I understand, like, Neil Magny has some accolades to his name, and I'm not denying the accolades. I, I, I'm i not even denying his performance. He he has a great performance in the ring. But this is towards the end of his career. I don't, I don't really see it. And is Magny more so a gatekeeper in my eyes? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, gatekeeper. There's no doubt about that. And I think Mallet is also going to be able to to win this. Uh, it's going to probably be a little bit of a harder test for Mallet, though, because Neil Magny. I'm not going to lie. You know, he he has some moves. He has some advantageous shots. I'm not going to take it away from him, mm-hmm. but I think Mallet for him to really win. I think he just needs to take his time here. Yeah. That's really what it is. I don't clench up with Neil. I don't think he should try to really get too close for the clench here. Because if it happens where Neil Magny is on the cage, I think Neil Magny might be more, might have more pressure against the cage than not on the cage. If you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I think Mallard's gonna win, but take take your time, take your time, and keep the distance. That's what I think. It might just have to be a striking match. Now I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Because think about this, right? If if Mallet and Magny start off in the middle of the ring, right? Mm-hmm. I think Mallet and Magny, striking-wise, I think they're almost both the same, if anything. Now, my question is, where does the fight lay when they start getting closer into the cage? Because, again, bro, Neil Magny on the cage is kind of a scary person. His clench game is kind of crazy. Now, yeah, he does. Neil Magny doesn't care. He wants to get a win. He doesn't care how he wins, as long as he gets the win. And um, up until recently, we really we've seen him be able to institute a game plan against these guys. You know, he's a gatekeeper for a reason. It's a game plan that you got to learn how to how to fight, right? Yeah. So, damn! Now you got me thinking. Because Mike Mallet, to me, I, know... I have Mallet for the win, though. Regardless, I'm just saying. I think Mallet needs to really like. This is going to be more so a strategic fight, I guess. 
I don't Mike Mallett, I'm gonna be honest here. He has okay. not been so impressive to me. Okay. I think that there's like a, a hype behind him because he's Canadian and can Canada's just looking for a new like oh like a new face, you know, to them. Yeah, for sure. But um all these submission wins, it doesn't make me feel like confident. And on the feet, like he's good technically. But what does Neil Magny do? He takes you into deep waters with the volume. He oh, yeah. He's peppering you with the jab, 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 keeping the range, right? He has a seven-inch reach advantage here. Um, seven-inch reach advantage. He's been in the game forever. If you do get into that clinch battle with him, you're probably going to lose. And the thing is, Mike Mallett, 10-1, and one, crazy win streak, right? What if he's overconfident? What if he's cocky coming in here? That's what I'm saying. You got to be patient here because Magni, he's the type to sense that and be able to work around it to his advantage. Yeah, what if he's thinking, you know what, fuck, I'll go in the clinch with this guy. I'm the fucking hometown hero here. I I can do whatever I want. Because he's gamekeeping. Damn. Yeah, man. This is, this is tough now that I'm thinking about it. You know, and but also, Magni could also do a submission. It's not, he, it's not like he doesn't have a submission game. True. You know. And the thing is, I, am I being biased because of Neil Magni's recent losses? Am I trying to, am I putting him too low on my, on my. I think that's what's, that's what's both catching us off guard because after that, I and Gary performance, like, Neil Magny, his thoughts and ideas in my head really went south. Damn. Man. Okay. Uh, Another question. Do you think this is a decision or do you think this is somebody's getting finished here? I'd say probably decision. Okay. I'm probably going to go somebody might get finished. uh, Okay. All right, I think decision because I think Neil Magny has the veteran savvy to stay away from the super powerful shots, right? And then Mike Mallett, on the other hand, like Neil Magny doesn't have enough on his on, in the hands, I think, to really put him away. Yeah, like he's just a decision type of guy, you know? Okay. So I agree. Like, I don't know. I agree. Do you think? Uh, Mallet's cardio is gonna last the third round because Neil Magny, don't know. as you say, he's, he's been finishing everybody, he's gonna pressure <laughs> and he's gonna pickpocket everything. So, cool, wow, you know, after really talking about this, it, it just left me even more undecided. <laughs> but, um, okay, you know what? I think I'm gonna switch, I think I'm gonna go Neil Magny. You going Neil Magny? I think I'm going Neil Magny, bro. I think I I haven't seen enough from Mallet yet to really go for the hype. And there's gatekeepers for a reason, so maybe it's just not his time. If if it's his time, he beats him. All right, uh, listen, I, I concur with that statement. I'm gonna go Mallet though. Um, Mallet again. Bro. If I get it wrong, I'm gonna blame you because I'm gonna blame you. I'm gonna say that you made me switch. Okay. But um, I'll take yeah, it. Back. But I got Mallet. But I only got Mallet if he's really gonna take his time, keep his distance. You can't rush into the fight with Magni, because then I think if you rush it in the fight with Magni, then you're just in Magni's ring at that point. Um, but yeah. okay. So what this is uh to the co main event fight, women's bantamweight title bout. We got Raquel Pennington versus Myra Buenasova. Alright, bro. So we already know Raquel Pennington been in the game for a long time. A long, long time, bro. And I've seen her been put out a couple times, bro. Like I've seen mm-hmm. I've seen the lights go out a few times, man. Mm-hmm. And honestly, every time I saw the lights go out, I didn't know if she was gonna come back. I was just being honest. But I guess towards the latter end of the career, she has been winning. Now that's kind of like uh what do you call it? This is like a rarity for me. I'm going to be honest. Um, no way. I don't know. Are you know about how... to say what I'm about to say? <laughs> I don't know. Are you about to say it? Are you <laughs> I, don't say what I think you're about to say? <laughs> I don't know, bro. I really don't know. Um, like, 
she's been winning it. It's insane. She's like, well, what is it? She's on a one, two, three, bro. Five. She's on a five winning streak, bro. You know, if you hit me in 2018 with a fight like this, I'm telling you she's getting, she's losing. But right now, like, okay. Okay, let me let me try to break it down a little better. So Raquel Pennington. She she comes from the old MMA. This is not new MMA coming fighting in this ring. Uh, mm-hmm. she, this is old MMA. So she's coming in with a like a slugger right hand or like a check left hook. That's that's the type of fighting I'm thinking she's coming in. Would there be a brawl? It could possibly be, but if she does choose to get close to Silva, Silva might be able to put her out as well. Silva has some has some to her. Um if Pennington is to win, I think she really has to make this a boring fight. This can't be um, a bloodbath or up close and personal, bro. Because if it's up close, Silva may just be able to take her down. And once she gets taken down, is she is Pennington really have anything to answer back to that? I don't. That's think my so. exact reasoning. That's my exact reasoning in going with Myra Bueno Silva. Because if you look at Pennington's last couple fights, I know it's hard to try and sit through those things, but. What does she do? She just kind of clinches up on the fence and tries to hold positions. It's just a whole bunch of that. Exactly. She's trying to get into range the old school way. Then she just holds the, the in the clinch. And it's not really like she's holding you across the fence. She'll be just hugging you in the clinch, basically. And you're just going to keep rotating around the fence. That shit is horrendous. And it, I feel like it says more about her opponents than it does about her. Because when I see her, she doesn't look like she's made like a some type of change in her can i haven't seen no improvement i'm gonna be very or honest. she's become stronger had like a new like uh a new strength and conditioning no she kind of looks out of shape to me where i see her fight um same Myra style Bueno-Silva, since like 2015 yeah and bueno silva's coming up she's younger she's got some power and she's just been submitting girls so she's more of a finisher i'm gonna go with her and i think raquel's pennington's game plan is just gonna go into bueno silva's plan because she's going to try and clinch up and that gives her Bueno Silva the chance to try and take her down and institute her game plan. It's going to be extremely boring though. I think that it's going to be a boring fight. Yeah, man. For sure. I I concur with all of that. Uh, Silva, I'm definitely saying Silva for the win. She's probably most likely going to be the new champion. Um, And then my question is honestly, bro, like I know Amanda Nunes left, but we need to see her come back for the one time. Like, <laughs> for a I feel time. like maybe the division, the division should just go away, honestly. I mean, yeah, yeah, because I, I would be honest, bro. If you would have told me in the future, I mean, in the past, that Pennington was going to be for a title fight now, I would have, I would have, I would have not believed you. And yeah, bro, I just, I, I just know, don't understand how Pennington's style has been taking her this far, like lately, and how she hasn't been just immediately put out. That's the exact reason that I think that woman's one thirty-five should be thrown away. The only challenge that Amanda Nunes ever had there was Cyborg and Valentino, who fights at one twenty-five. That's the only challenge she's had up here. That's not to discount her. She put the work in. She deserves it. But the rest of these girls are honestly just 125ers that don't want to cut the weight. Yeah. So I think that the division should just be scrapped because we have two great strawweight, mm, always bangers. On the top, you always got top contenders. You got good technical fighters, monsters. You got a lot of things going on at 115 in the women's divisions. 125, you have Valentina on top. Well, it used to be on top. Now you got... Uh, Alex Grosso. Alexa Grasso, who's nasty. You got a lot. You you got Talia Santos. You got some 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 girls that are, you know, getting up there. One thirty five. I have not seen any improvement. I have not. I really haven't. I have. I haven't seen anything that's worthwhile to keep this this shit open. Bro, how is Julia Pena still number one? That's what I'm saying, bro. That's the number one contender. <laughs> in this division. I don't want to see it keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, they might have to scrap this for real because after this fight, after this title bout fight, the second question is, who are you really going to put in this division to fight up? Like, everybody I think I've like seen something. Their career. I think I've seen something saying Pena has the, 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 the shot after this. 
But I, I'm going to be honest, I don't want to see her fight. Uh, that's why I'm telling you, this shit should be scrapped. I don't like what I'm seeing at 135. No, not whatsoever, bro. Wow, yeah, I, I concur, man. I concur. Listen, I, boring fight. Yeah, Silva, uh, I know you got it in the bag. Just get to your title, get your bread, and go home. All right, yeah. now to the main event where the real spice is at for this card. Um, my question is, I, it's not even a question; it's more so a statement. I'm not ready to see Strickland, uh, facts, uh, not be champion, man. I'm not ready Absolutely. for it. This guy's the people's champ. This guy has say what you want. You might not agree with him, but this guy probably has the most personality in the UFC, and that's kind of sad to say. But you know what? <laughs> Okay. You know what? It's not even sad to say because you know what? This organization is built on skill, technique, and then a couple guys bust through with their personality. This guy, he's got both. He's great. I love Sean Strickland. Um, he's a little backwards sometimes, but I think he's what we need, man. I think he's what we need for real. I, I also agree, totally, a thousand percent, man, a thousand percent. Uh, and you can tell he cares. He cares about people, you know? He cares about certain people. He, he, uh, I think he cares about all people, but I think it's refreshing to have a champ that feels like you kind of feel like they care about the fans, you know? Exactly, because they care about the people. And at the end of the day, Strickland is a people person. Mm -hmm. I, you know, they're hard so backwards times, but even in the backwardness, it's, it's only moving forward. It's only to help move forward. Um, and I'm going to be honest, bro. I think after he beat Izzy, like, he sent the whole world into, like, a next dimension because right. the, the game is changing now. Absolutely. Um, so, Sean Strickland versus Drake's Duplessis. Now, unbiased, my unbiased thought here, Plessis is a real challenge. Mm -hmm. It's a real challenge. Not saying Izzy wasn't a challenge, but Plessis is a real challenge against Strickland. Um... Where do you, like, how do you even see this fight playing out, man? Okay, before I go do my breakdown of the actual fight, I want to go psychologically. Okay. Um, I mentioned a couple pods back about the whole uh, press conference situation where Drick is bringing up Sean Strickland's past, da-da-da. And he gave him the people's elbow off the chair, yeah. Yeah, I've seen, um, I, see, I haven't seen the embeddeds, but I've seen a video on Instagram of them making up or something like that. Yeah, like, they were talking, uh, handshake. I saw them at the airport. Yeah. Drick is like apologized um, about what he said, that specifically. And it seems like they made up, right? I see a lot of people in the comments talking about, oh, Sean Strickland, hell, he lost that. that, that. Mind you, this is a bunch of keyboard warriors. You guys are pathetic. All keyboard that. warriors is jokes, bro. I was even ready for that one. It's pathetic. You guys are trying really. It, Armchair psychologist talking about oh he 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 don't got the dog in him now da 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 that's Bro, all stop dog. That. and that's how I know you guys are casuals because if you know Sean Strickland from from every single one of his fights no matter what energy anybody brings into the arena especially at the weigh-ins this guy's always choking he's not looking at you in your eyes he's looking at your chest making jokes that's just the way he gets into it a fight to him is not anything special this is just regular to him exactly so he's doing his jokey shit. Now that Drickus has taken away that element of, of uh, you know, disrespecting him, getting him emotional, now that he's taken that element away, that, that brings Sean Strickland back into how he's going to fight this fight and how he likes to fight fights, which is smart, defensive and smart. So if anything, Drickus and Sean being on good terms now is a good thing for Sean. He's going to come into the fight psychologically now way more way more in a beneficial uh, manner than he way more composed like not we're not going to see yeah. we're not going to see an emotional outbreak in the ring from him right uh, I, I also now agree with secondly that. I want to break down the fight now right okay this is how I see it right we got two things Drick is crazy power unorthodox um and you got to watch out for that power yeah right? Um, he has a ground game, but I think he's instituted against some people that don't know what to do. Sean Strickland started out as a BJJ guy, 
He works. He's always working with uh, top. He does wrestlers. have a grand game. He he be doing his ground game with Ankalaev, bro. Yeah, he trains with Ankalaev. That's one of the best. Like, if you're training with Ankalaev, your 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 takedown defense is definitely being improved, right? Sure. So 100%. boom, we have that. We have that. Secondly, um, so Drakus, the way he wins this is to try and go all out in the beginning, try to get a finish. Uh, possibly working the takedown just to get Sean Strickland thinking and then land with the hands or maybe finish him on the ground like he did with Robert Whitaker. Mm. Drop some crazy some crazy shots from, from from the ground. Sean Strickland, stay composed, pop that jab, uh, keep the teeth, keep Drickus away from you, and win a decision. Maybe in the later rounds when Drickus gets tired, try and finish him. Boom. That's the way I see it. Both fighters, right? Um, I don't see Sean Strickland changing it up out of nowhere and trying to go for a, a takedown, but who knows? Because he did try one with Sean Strickland, and Drickus. <clears throat> the thing with Drickus that I've noticed, he's a he's a very back and forth fighter. He throws a lot with every shot, so that's why we see him tired a lot. And what you really see is after he shoots, he he, he throws a couple shots. He likes to take a little break. He likes to break, and that's when a fighter like Sean Strickland with his defense could come in, take away the pressure, take away the air from Drickus, and that's him instituting his game plan, right? Um, so it's basically a tale of the guy trying to go to the distance and the guy trying to finish it early. Okay. When we get into a deeper analysis, uh, you want to add something? Well, okay, so I agree that this is going to be a fight where Placis, the way the way I look at Placis is strong frame, strong body, strong power. Mm-hmm. Um, five round fight, I see him gassing out towards the end. Yep. For the first three rounds, um, when you mentioned he's a back and forth fighter, where you know he's gonna throw with all his might, but there's gonna be like that thirty seconds where he's just trying to catch his breath. Yeah, uh, I do think Sean's style, which is very can be very pressure heavy and you know he's always hitting you with that jab and then the jab mm-hmm. is just setting up for another shot that you're not going to see coming because i don't even see it coming sometimes be honest right um and i think that's that's how sean is going to win uh, i'd love for him to institute some body work with that but the thing, the one is, thing i would say is okay. sean is very predictable with the one two coming to the head and it's kind of lost in fights before um, that he's it's all head strikes. Like, I would love for him to work in the body a little bit more, or that teeth that we saw him bring in against Adesanya, I would like to see that too. Yeah. Because he definitely worked against Drickus. I'll, I'll, I'll go into that a little later, but go ahead. Sorry. Um, so, Sean, as you said, the one two is it's predictable. And that's where it had me worrisome because I understand Sean is going to move forward. Sean is not backing up here. And I don't think Placis might even back up here, but I think Sean has the better advantage to make Placis back up. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, my thinking is, first round, I think it's going to be even. Second round, I think this is where we're going to see more of a fight start to break out. And I think Sean is winning that second round due to being more pressure heavy. Third round, it's more so who, who is applying more pressure, but I can't, like, Sean has to be very observant on the power coming from Placis. That's really the scary factor for me. Because Placis, he got some good kickboxing, bro. He's got some movement um, and very power heavy. But if it's going past the third, I think it is definitely a win for Sean. Because Sean could spar 12, 20 rounds. Um, yeah. He has the cardio to do it. And I think he's seen a lot of movement before that uh uh, Duplessis is going to be showing him. That's mm-hmm. what I think. I think his camp really prepared him for this, and his experience prepared him for this. Um, okay. The only disclaimer is that I am scared of Placis's power, bro, because I've seen Robert Whitaker go out, man. Not saying Sean and Robert Whitaker are the same fighter. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I've seen a great man fall. Okay. Okay. I mean that. I forgot I was going to bring that up too. Okay. Before I go into the Sean Strickland. The Duplessis breakdown a little more. I want to say, um, in Duplessis, two two fights of Duplessis that really stand out to me. Mm. Uh, 
Robert Whitaker, of course, this is what catapulted everybody into saying Duplessis is that guy. Da, 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 da. Of course, I didn't see him being Robert Whitaker, but let's, I'm going to be honest here. Robert Whitaker is probably the best overall fighter in middleweight. Yeah. He's got everything. He's, got a, a, he's a technical fighter. Um, he's been in some brawls, but he's not a brawler. He just has heart. Right? A lot of heart. Respectful heart, too. He's coming from welterweight. And he, if we really look at the size, he, he, he probably could still be fighting at welterweight if he just wanted to cut the weight. Every single fight that we see of Robert Whitaker, the, uh, the opponent usually has a mass advantage against him. Yeah. They're usually sure. stronger than him. Uh, he's just he's just that type of guy, kind of like Wonder Boy, like a flame. Like it's a, it could burn you, but it could be put out at the same time, right? With that karate style. And I think with Duplessis, this could have happened in any of his fights that he's been fighting. He got dropped by Cannoneer. Mm, he won that yes. fight, but he got he got dropped by Cannoneer. He got his leg chewed up by Cannoneer. Um, Vittori Vittori didn't have enough for him. Adesanya, we seen how that went. Um. Who else? Who else? Uh, he fought Till. Till dropped him too. These guys, um, with Robert Whitaker style specifically, and the guys that he's fighting, middleweights that are bigger than him, he has always had the ability to get dropped. This is not a brand new thing. Duplessis caught him. He finished the fight. Good for him. Duplessis is a finisher. He's, he's going to try and do whatever he can to get the finish. He did what he had to do. But if you ask me, Robert Whitaker was winning that first round until the very end when he got a little lazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got a little yeah. lazy. Got taken down. You could give the the round on points to Duplessis just off the damage that he incurred from from top position, right? Then in the second round, Robert Whitaker was doing his shit again. He took a little break, uh, admiring his work a little bit too long, just right outside the pocket. Du Duplessis uh, closed the distance, and he and he he hit him a couple times, and that's when he hit. He got his um. He I think it was a right through. And he dropped Robert Whitaker, and that was it, right? That was by no means Duplessis running through Robert Whitaker. Absolutely not. Robert Whitaker had a possibility to win both of those rounds. He let them go, and he lost the fight. Fair play. Duplessis did not run through Robert Whitaker. I agree with that. I totally All the people agree saying they did, it's a shock factor because you never expected Robert Whitaker to lose a fight. That's, this is UFC. Everybody loses fights. It's what happens. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Second fight I want to bring up, Darren Till versus uh, Duplessis. If Darren Till had a fucking ounce, a shred of takedown defense, he's winning that fight. Yeah. I'm, absolutely, he's winning that fight, bro. He was piecing Duplessis up after, specifically, the second round was piecing him up with the one-two right down the pipe. With Duplessis' hands right up on his face, he was going straight through the guard. Bow. Straight through Muay Thai. Beautiful. Landing knees. He was going crazy on Duplessis. It's just the fact that he was tired from trying to get up from the first round, right? He was tired. And we already we know now, Darren Till, something about the cardio, something about the conditioning is not there. And he has never improved his takedown defense. And that was the death of him, you know? Yeah. So but in that fight, Duplessis, I'm telling you, if Duplessis did not take him down in that second round, it was close. It was going to get a finish. It was, it was the beginning sequences of a possible finish for Darren Till. And what was he using? That straight one-two. What was Robert Whitaker catching Duplessis with on the way in? That jab constantly. He was dropping that jab constantly on Duplessis. Who has one of the best jabs in middle middleweight? Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland. He's a pure, pure boxer. That jab is always working for him. That one-two is always going to find the mark. And Duplessis, if we really look at him, he catches people because he's unorthodox. Like, that kickboxing style he has is weird. He's hunched down pretty low in his stance. Uh, his hands are usually pretty low, especially when he's throwing combinations. The hands do not come back to the face. There's not a lot of head movement. And I saw this from the first fight that Duplessis came into the, to the UFC with. I thought this guy was going to get absolutely obliterated once he seen, seen any type of competent competition. Because the way he was throwing, especially when he first came in, was absolutely insane. With no defense, no reckless regard. And you got to love fighters like that. But Sean Strickland's the guy that punishes you for shit for like that. Yeah, He's not yeah. going to finish you. He's not going to finish you, but he's going to catch you. 
So I think Duplessis is going to come in. He's going to pressure him. I, I'm, I can't go round for round. I think he's probably going to get one of the first two rounds, first three rounds. Duplessis is probably going to get a, a round. If he's not able to catch him with the hands, I think at one point he might be able to take Sean down for a little bit. Interesting. I think, so I don't, you, see, you think, uh, like, I'm not denying it. I think Duplessis is definitely going to try to shoot a couple of takedowns for sure. I think that would be mm-hmm. his best game plan to do that, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I see Sean getting takedown. I don't think he'll be able to stuff every one of them. Yeah, I think either guy could get a takedown. I think Duplessis might, it might be in the game plan for him just to throw Sean Strickland off a little bit. I think he might be able to do that. with Because um, Duplessis in the first couple rounds is definitely going to have that blitz advantage that's going to have Sean Strickland covering up, putting the hands up to the face. And I think that's going to allow... It's going to give Duplessis the opening to try and shoot. He might do that. He might not do that. What I do think is going to happen, though, is over the course of the round, I think Sean Strickland is going to catch him. And I'm absolutely biased here. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just no, talking right now. Very same. I, I, I'm going with the bias this, this fight. Maybe I'm, I'm talking shit right now. And especially with Duplessis, another thing I see is the body's open. He keeps his hands high uh, on defense especially. Keeps the hands high. And even, even when he's in his regular attacking stance, the body's open. The only body attack that I see from Sean Strickland is always that teep. And what, te- what does Sean want? To keep people at distance. So I think he's going to keep dropping that teep kick. One-two. He's going to teep kick one-two his way to victory, in my opinion. Okay. And, oh, last thing I want to mention. Everybody wants to talk about Drickus getting his nose surgery and now his cardio is going to be 100%. Drickus had his nose surgery? surgery? Yeah, Drickus says that the reason that he would he was out of breath so much in all his previous fights is because um, he had a, like a deviated septum or something like that. He was only getting eight percent oxygen to his nose or some so bullshit like that. So one was working, the other one wasn't. I think that's what they're saying. I, I know that's a thing. I know that's a thing. But um, uh, I don't think that has. I know that you're gonna getting less air in. I think you can't repair the amount that your body's overcompensated, like your lungs themselves. I don't think there's enough time in between that for that to actually take effect. I'm I'm sure he breathes better now. I don't think that's the reason his cardio was bad. I think he's a strong, muscular guy who throws with a lot of power, and that's that's always how it goes. You know what I'm saying? I I totally Um, agree there. Concur. I think this nose surgery thing, everyone trying to say, oh, he could go five rounds now. He had that no surgery before the Robert Whitaker fight. In the second round, I already seen him. That was before down. Robert Whitaker. He had it before that Robert Whitaker. Bro, fight. that's then that's that's a cardio problem. That's not a nose problem. But that's what I think. But the second round, I think that that dude Plessy was already slowing down. I saw him with the mouth open. Some guys just look tired all the time. Yeah. So, but I think I've seen Duplessis be tired multiple times now. Never seen it with Sean, and Sean loves. But what, how does Sean get his 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 attempt at the belt off guys getting tired? Yeah. Let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? He wears you down. So, I mean, that's pressure. It was pressure. I'm gonna be. We we both implied our bias here. Duplessis is a great fun fighter too. Um, I might look like a fucking idiot, and Sean Strickland gets fucking dropped in the first round and finished. But I'm going with Sean Strickland, man. I'm going with America. Oh, America 100%. first in this one. USA. USA. Um, but, yeah, Sean, listen, man, you did it before. I hope you could do it one more time. I'm not ready for the for the fallout. Uh, I Even even with our biases implied here, I think we, we, we gave Placis credit and took out a bias in the analysis for sure. Um, because you're right. Cardio is a is a question mark. Pressure is a question mark, and it's pressure because every time he's throwing, he's throwing with the intent to finish. Sean is not throwing with the intent to finish. Um, yeah, I think the thing I everyone's giving Sean Strickland like a plus ten in every attribute he's ever had. Now that he's champ, and I don't want to be one of those people, but I feel like in all the fights that we've picked against Sean Strickland is because the other guy had such a good amount of skill. Like Adesanya, before we saw the obvious holes in his game, was one of the best kickboxers to ever fight in the UFC. 
he's one of the best defensive kickboxers ever in MMA, right? Yeah. That's a technique versus a technique. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, when I was looking okay. at him against, against Abus Magomedov or whatever, I forgot the guy's name. I think that's his name. Yeah, that's his name. He was a crazy, a scary Dagestani. Dagestani, the wrestling technique is second to none, second to none, you know, with some dangerous kickboxing. These things scare me. Duplessis is a kickboxer with crazy power, and he's unorthodox. But is he, like, the best at any one thing? No. I don't think so. I think he's a very strong guy. That The beauty of the sport is if you're a strong guy with a lot of heart, you could make it to the top, and that's what he's done. But has he outclassed anybody in terms of, oh, I'm just a straight better wrestler than you. I'm a straight better striker than you. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's taking advantage of the opponents that he has. Good for him. He caught uh, Robert Whitaker, one of the best to do it. Good for him. And he, 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 you know, he did what he had to do to win. But is he, like, technically better in no. both aspects? I don't think so. I think he's just a scary prospect. He's a strong, powerful guy. Same, man. I th- exactly. That's what I said. The only question mark really concerning is the power that he's throwing with. Um, but I think Sean has enough experience to dodge, bob, and weave um, and get the job done. This, I think, is decision. As you said, we could just be talking a bunch of bullshit here and, and, and Sean just gets dropped. Um, uh, I don't want that to happen. But it is a possibility. But regardless, I'm still going Sean Strickland all the way for this card. Thanks. Uh, anything else you want to say upon the fighting? No. Just uh, hoping for a good card. See y'all all on um, Sunday. Feel me? Uh, so with that, job bless. Be great. Uh, we love y'all.